0: Hello and welcome to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity and Betrayal. Today's show is one that's near and dear to my heart because it really revolves around connection, intimate partner connection, and specifically intimate partner connection after a betrayal. Now, this can be reconnecting with the person who betrayed you, or this can be reconnecting in a new relationship, in a new marriage, where you think, I do not want to go down the same path that I went down last time. I really want to learn how to connect, to learn how to do it right this time, and to finally have the kind of relationship that I want to have. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And our guests today are Rachel and Austin Holt. And they I've only had one conversation with them, but it was one of those conversations where I go, they get it. They Mm -hmm. totally get it. They support married couples in healing transformation and intimate connection in their marriage. They're one of the only big leap certified husband and wife teams in the world. And they possess an undeniable passion and joy in supporting couples to create fun, blissful, And drama free marriages through powerful tools, personal healing, simple mindset shifts, and the unconditional love of God. Through their brand, Because Marriage Matters, they've created marriage products, in person events, online programs, and communities that help couples all over the world. They've got a very unique, playful, simple, yet profound approach, and I can't wait. To share that with you today. So, without welcome to the show. Thank you hey, so much for having us.
1: Yep, we're excited to be here. And uh, this an is an intro! Yeah, what a great <laughs> intro, by the way. Probably the best intro I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm
2: honored. Uh,
1: yeah, and this is some of our favorite stuff to talk about and uh, help people yeah. with. So, we're honored that you'd have us here, and um, hope that we can bring a lot of value to uh, your following.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm positive that you can. Let's kind of start from the beginning. Marriage is one of those institutions, the people have really high hopes, they really have this high vision, I'm going to get married, and it's going to be wonderful, and it's going to be blissful, and my partner is going to understand me, and I'm going to understand them, and we're just going to ride off into the sunset. And unfortunately, that doesn't happen
1: very often.
0: Why is it so hard? <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. And yeah,
1: that's I, I love that question. And and honestly, um, I'd be remiss to not mention um someone real quick. Um Uh, There's a gentleman named Dr. Harville Hendricks, and he's based out of Pennsylvania, and he teaches a form of therapy called Imago therapy. Uh, And the Imago uh, techniques and practices is something Mm -hmm. very near and dear to to Rachel and I. It's something we really enjoy. And so uh, I would just be remiss to not mention him. There have been a few others that have talked about this concept, but no one really quite like uh, Dr. Harville Hendricks. And essentially that happens, Laura, because what we don't realize is that our unconscious is kind of on two missions. Uh, when we decide that we want to mate, there's kind of two missions happening. The first one is, who can I find that I can uh, procreate with and that I can have fun with and connect with? That's kind of mission number one. And mission number two is, who can I find that if I stay with will force me to heal? Okay. And so by a certain age, we, we build what we call um, kind of an image of, that's what a means, an image of what a primary relationship should look like. So we're going to find a mate who reminds us of the positive and negative characteristics of our primary caretakers. We're going to be attracted to that person for some reason. We're going to be attracted to them and then we're going to marry them. And our unconscious knows, okay, if I find someone who reminds me of the people that I may have developed my developmental wounds with, Mm -hmm. then I'll be able to rectify the old relationship through the new one. So a lot of people don't realize that the mate they were attracted to They weren't just attracted to them because they wanted to mate with them and and have a partner in life, but they knew that that relationship would force them to heal if they stay in it long enough.
0: I love that you say, if they stay in it long enough, because that's where it gets so tricky because, yeah, Uh yeah, because I I know you guys have been married for a long time. I've been married for a long time. And there's a lot of things that come up when you're married and. I think let's just be honest. I mean, infidelity aside, which is what happened to me, you know, not in your case, but things come up and you think this is a deal breaker and this it's not getting better and we're on different pages. And this is what I hear so much. We've grown apart. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. healing together, staying together, working through that, well, yeah. let's talk about that a little bit more. What, what does that mean and how do you do that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think it takes being aware of the fact
2: that you have, that your subconscious did attract you to your spouse for those reasons. Yeah. So recognizing that alone is a huge, honestly, like a huge relief of like, okay, I have wounds. My spouse has wounds and we are in this together. The difficult parts are actually a gift. It's like God's gift of telling us, Hey, this needs to be healed Mm -hmm. and recognizing that and shifting the way you look at it. Like, okay, now we know what needs healing and we can heal that together is a huge gift. And so just starting there is a key.
1: Yeah. And we actually like to call it, um, we call it either, you know, someone's, uh, someone's a Mago match or we will call it the divine setup. Uh, that's probably Mm -hmm. our favorite way to put it because that's kind of what it is In, in our mind. It's like, okay, God attracted you to this person. Uh, knowing that if you get together, then it's going to bring up all those unhealed wounds. And really that's a sign of of growth uh, if it's done the right way, because yeah. it's like my psyche feels safe enough to let my stuff come up to the surface. And now it's being kind of projected at you. Because what we don't realize is our our spouse will sort of end up being them with one of our parents' faces over theirs. And we're working out the stuff that never got worked out with each other. For example, you know, let's just say, and this might sound stereotypical, hopefully not, but let's just say that uh, a female uh, is attracted to a male because he's kind of mysterious. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of our other mentors (laughs) shared this example this one time, and I love it. It's like, oh, he's so mysterious, and, um, you know, he's kind of like this lone wanderer, and she's attracted to that because maybe dad wasn't really around that much as a kid. But then all of a sudden, a couple years into the marriage, it's like, he's never here. He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't, Um, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't feel (laughs) his feelings. And I'm, I'm mad about that. He doesn't feel his emotions around me and we can't get anywhere. But in the beginning, Mm -hmm. it was this like mysterious vibe, really attracted and she didn't know why, but she was enthralled by this mysterious man. But that was because her unconscious was like, Ooh, 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 that guy's kind of like your dad. And maybe if you marry him and you kind of fix him or repair these wounds, it's gonna be like a facsimile to the old wounds. Yeah. yeah,
0: so powerful, so right on. And I love how you frame it as a divine setup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's yeah. one of the things that attracted me so much to your work um, that huh, is kind of a, a match to my work too, that really bad things happen, really bad things happen. And it's not that we're just being toxic, positive, and it's all going to be great, and we're going to all grow and heal. It's just wonderful, la, 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 la. But, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. a lot we can work out if we choose to do so. And here's the other piece. If both parties are willing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the secret right there. It is. It's both.
1: It's, you know, I see a lot of ads. Um, for other marriage brands on Facebook and on Google um, that all could be great brands, but a piece of advertising, we see a lot that is, is a little difficult for someone without any foreknowledge of this to understand is, you know, you can fix your marriage alone or it only takes one. Um, That is not necessarily true. And I would say in most cases, it's, it's not, I would say in some cases you can sort of win back the spouse, but there's a difference between being willing and to will, you know, Mm To will someone is sort of your way of controlling them beyond what they want to go. It's kind of tugboating them out of rough waters, Mm -hmm. you know, versus being the change you want to see in the marriage. And a lot of the techniques that we teach, they kind of work if it's just one of you. Uh, It'll work for you if that makes sense, like radical responsibility. That'll help you feel better. It'll help you feel like you're in integrity but mm-hmm. if the spouse isn't also kind of playing that same game of radical responsibility where you have the same prizes and the same finish lines, then eventually the other person gets kind of tired of you tugboating them around uh, and it creates more dissension. So it's 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 just very interesting, especially that you say that, is that both parties have to be willing. And mm-hmm. It's just willing. It's not even perfect yeah, or blameless or whatever. It's if person A and person B will both be willing to. You know, that's why we like to call conflict um, growth opportunities uh, because that's what it is, you know, and it's hard sometimes because I think the balance that maybe we'll even discuss in this conversation, but it's just natural is, you know, um, how far do you go? Um, Mm -hmm. How far, how, how far towards, you know, we, we don't believe in 50, 50 marriage. We believe in a hundred, a hundred, you know, like two people standing, but it's how far do you go? in realizing that, okay, what you're doing right now is just the expression of your pain. And I want to create the space for you at the same time. I won't be manipulated or abused, you know, because we believe yeah. unconditional love extends to the point of abuse or manipulation, you know? And so it's like, how far do I allow you to display your pain from your childhood in mm-hmm. front of me? And at what line is my line that it crosses into feeling manipulated or abused?
0: I am so glad that you went there because yes, we've got step one aware. We've got step two willingness, especially for the purposes of this show. It is my belief that people who commit adultery, people who cheat have a lot of unresolved childhood wounds, Mm -hmm. a lot of them and that a marriage or committed relationship is the best way to work through many of those wounds. However, like you said, <laughs> there's yeah. that line that you yeah. cannot continue to abuse me, manipulate me, put me in danger, continue to harm me. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. I and mean, we don't believe that either party should be harmed really in any way, uh, especially physically, especially sexually, anything like that. And, you know, when you get to a certain place in your marriage where the agreement is, it's like, hey, This is my most unhealed stuff coming up. And the way that you could support me is a blank. Will you support me in that way? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, and this is one of Rachel and I's kind of amago matches, as we'd call it, is that um, you know, growing up, I have I have great parents who I love and they love me and I talk to them every day still. Um, but I really wasn't allowed to feel angry as a kid. I just wasn't. It was like Austin, stop crying, stop being angry, stop doing that, stop, 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 stop. Then you can talk to me. And so I really wasn't allowed to feel a lot of anger. Rachel growing up, when she felt her feelings, she was always dismissed and invalidated and told that um, it was too sensitive Mm -hmm. and that her her parents would kind of one-up her and escalate. And so um, when she got in trouble, she had such severe responses from her parents that it made her really sensitive uh, to tone, sensitive to volume, sensitive to anything. And so when I want to feel my emotions until we really figure this out about each other, I would want to express... And of course I would express my anger through tone or through volume, <laughs> then she would shut down. Yeah. And then I'd be like, like oh, well, well, gosh, you, well you don't true. want to help me heal that, you know, but, but these were just autonomic responses in our nervous systems that were literally nurtured into us in, mm-hmm. in our developmental years, especially that kind of zero to seven, you know, yeah. stage of life. And once we realized, Oh, okay. The very thing you need from me to help you heal was destroyed in me as a child and vice versa. So Mm-hmm. For us to stay together means we're going to heal. It will require that we heal these broken down places inside of us. And, and like Rachel said mm-hmm. earlier, God's gift to us is that, hey, you don't realize it. But if the, if you let this crap come up and you deal with it, life gets way better. It gets way <laughs> yes. better. Most it people want to, most people settle for like a five out of 10 marriage and they hold all those beach balls underwater and then they spend all their energy holding those beach balls down rather uh-huh. than enjoying using that energy to create connection
2: yeah, you can just take a look at what's under the hood and fix it
1: yeah right <laughs> and, and that requires safety that requires there's, there's i mean more trust it's easy yeah. to simplify oversimplify uh-huh. some of this but right you know but the point yeah. being it's like um that's the process and when you have created and we encourage anyone listening to this is you know, there's a big difference between expectations and agreements we don't believe in expectations we believe in agreements yeah create agreement with your spouse that says, Hey, I want to be able to work on my stuff and bring up my pain and have you support me. But we can only do that if we don't take it personally, you know, because, you know, we might be projecting 20 years of wounds onto our spouse Mm -hmm. because they're a primary relationship now. So the brain flips this little switch and goes, Oh, you're just like them. You're now responsible for all that. And people can pretend that that doesn't happen, but That's why the divorce rate's over 50% because people are pretending that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I think everybody listening is probably like, yes, I want to heal. I am tired of holding the beach balls underwater. I want to connect. I want to enjoy. I want to have fun. I'm aware. My partner's willing. Now what? Mm. what? What does that process look like? What are those techniques? Because you know, like you said, some of it can be oversimplified. Oh, all you just do is have this great agreement. And I say here, and you say that, and Mm -hmm. how do you really, what are some of the techniques to really start getting into this without actually taking it personally without being like, okay, enough, this is not fun. I've got work to do. The kids are crying, dinner needs making, just, just deal with it get over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that's great. Well, the first bit I would say is that first of all, both of you have to humbly realize um, how you've designed your life. Okay. Yeah. How you've designed your life. Have you designed it in a way that healing in your marriage can actually happen? you know, if you both work 50 hours a week and you've got five kids and seven hobbies a piece, okay, six hobbies and one hobby. I'm kind of the hobby person in our marriage. Uh, <laughs> and you've also got church twice a week and you want to try to go to the gym twice a week and you leave about 11 minutes a day to connect with each other. It ain't going to happen. Or just at the end of the day, after the kids are in bed and you are be, and you're like, let's just watch TV. And you're exhausted. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Is you only have a certain amount of creative, emotional, physical, spiritual energy every day. And once mm-hmm. it's up, it doesn't come back till you sleep. And there's actually a physiological evidence, you know, for that as well, of course, but it's, you know, step number one is how have you designed your life in yeah. a way that would support working on, you know, your marriage. Okay. Uh, and then really, you know, number two is being in an environment where there's accountability um, and where you have people that you both mutually trust that can help support these changes okay you know whether whether you come work with someone like us or work with someone like Laura or work with uh, you know a pastor at your church you know you name it i mean we could we could go through and give all the examples on and how we feel about the different levels of care that are out there but no matter what it is you will often be too close to it just to do it by yourselves you know uh, even Rachel and i we go see a therapist um, because you know we want to be objective we want someone else to be objective about us even though this is kind of our domain we still have blind spots and there's a nice brain connection that happens when there's a third party there that you both trust. Yeah. Um, That's a huge piece of it. And then the last thing I'll say before, I'm sure you got a couple of things too, is, um, is go at it in steps. Mm -hmm. Realize that day one, you're not going to resolve your developmental trauma or trauma or you, especially the A score style trauma, adverse childhood experiences. You're not going to resolve someone hurting you physically, emotionally, sexually. And I would argue, and Laura, you can tell me if I'm wrong, A lot of times in the infidelity world, we can reverse engineer a lot of that back to some type of pretty serious abuse.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, And you're not going to unwind that in in one conversation. Uh, That's going to be, it's going to be a journey. And so Mm -hmm. that's why like with us, we have things that have a real low barrier to entry. Like we have a game called the connection guards, Mm -hmm. Uh, connection cards. I've never called a connection guards. (laughs) Don't (laughs) guard your heart.
0: yeah coming out <laughs> of a trauma that makes sense <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah that yeah maybe that's why my you know, a freudian slip there but yeah we like we have a game called connection cards and let's just say your spouse is just barely willing and they're just kind of barely willing to take those first few steps with you that's okay at least they're willing start with something like this card game okay mm-hmm. and then from there we have kind of beginner courses intermediate courses and then we have advanced stuff and then if, you know, you've got a major triage situation or you are got divorce papers in your hand, we've got intensives and three-day events. But no matter where you're at, you got to realize that it's going to be a process. It's going to be a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you, if you put the expectation on yourself that you're going to go take one course, one class, one session and fix it all, no, it's not going to happen. And then you're going to feel yeah. defeated right. and it's going to be harder to try again. Do you want to add anything?
0: I was
2: going to talk about the connection cards, just a very um, like practical way to connect um, and build upon that. You know, when we create connection, especially after a betrayal of some kind, um, it's really important to have those just those little moments of like what reminds you why you got married, like the flirting, the laughter, the fun, Mm -hmm. the creativity. Mm -hmm. So one school of thought that we pulled from when creating these connection cards was again, like Austin mentioned, Harville Hendricks. Um, He talks about the Imago dialogue. That's something that he teaches. And um, we found it very helpful when we're doing work with couples that there is one person that is the sharer Mm -hmm. and the other person is the responder. And so that's how we've structured our card game. Um, So one person has a card that they read from that is only the responses that they can yeah. give. And this is very healing. Um, and also just teaches you guys how to have a conversation, how to have a conscious conversation that is supportive of the other spouse. Yeah. Because that is how it should go. Like in conflict and everyday life, there is a sharer and there is a responder. And so it teaches you how to hold the space for your spouse when they're sharing. Um, Silly things, Mm -hmm. um, things that they wish they could do, want to do, um, and things that are important. Like one of my favorite cards is um, it goes something like, Earlier today, when you blank, I felt blank. And so instead of saying, You did this and it made me blank, Mm -hmm. you know, it's when this happened, I felt blank. So it's teaching people to come to communicate from a place of personal responsibility saying this is how I felt yeah, and you can't argue with that that's mm-hmm. just sharing that is what really honestly if I, we could teach one thing it's like share your feelings and share mm-hmm. it from a place of I feel blank yeah, um, yeah. because that creates connection
1: because you disempower yourself when you say you made me feel blank you know it's kind of mm-hmm. like with the kids it's like don't make me put you in time out it's like you <laughs> just told them they have control over you.
2: Uh-huh. Exactly. You know?
1: Yeah. And we're big believers that we really speak our, our experience, you know, we speak our being, yeah. you know? And so when we say things like that to each other, we just disempower each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the game mm-hmm. is a really simple way to do that and encourage responsibility. And that's, that's one of the greatest, um, kind of heart postures that you can approach with any type of marriage repair, you know, is that I will tell yeah. what we call the inarguable truth. Because if it's coming from me and it's about me, no one can tell me otherwise, you know. Right, right. But if I say, you know, when you said that earlier, my chest tightened up. I felt really sad. I kind of felt sick to mm-hmm. my stomach. And it's reminding me, you know, hmm, I'm gonna get curious. It's reminding me of a time when I was younger, and this happened. And yeah. I've, I realized I put myself in this situation again because I haven't learned the lesson, yes. you know. Because the psyche will put you in the same place over and over and over again until you learn the lesson. Cause that's, that's the value. That's, that's the treasure right there mm-hmm. is the, the lesson. And if we don't learn it, then, you know, you'll keep stepping on a rusty nail until you figure out it's bad for your foot. And the key is to put some freaking shoes on. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. And one of the things, well, there are several things that I love about the cards, but one of the things that I like is it's a game because yeah. I know one of right. the, the things that comes up often in the women that I work with is this is just it just seems so hard. Yeah. I don't want to do it. This is just so hard. Yeah. You know, or again, my partner Well, and again, it's kind of stereotypical doing the he she, but he doesn't want to do it. He's already done this. It's it's too much work. He's too busy. And this yeah. is a game. And mm-hmm. I am a big proponent of play because if it's yep. not fun, we're not gonna do it. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. don't learn. Yeah, it's like we can all muscle through something that's unpleasant. But if you want a marriage to last a lifetime, you need to work at it a lifetime. And I'd rather play at it for Absolutely. my life. Yeah. Because yeah. yes, yeah. even the
1: word work primes, you know, uh-huh. our psyche to resist because it's work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but if we, but if it feels like play, and that's literally another premise of why we created the games. Mm-hmm. We were talking one day and we said, you know, I just wish we could literally like hold the couple's hands as we were with them, just guiding them. Cause we do that a lot in counseling for couples. You know, it's a lot of it is like, all right, you share now you share. And then when someone really misunderstands or misinterprets it, now, wait a second. They said blank. What do you think that meant? And then, Oh, okay. And then we can kind of help them dial it in. And this is a good way to be like, you're the one sharing. You're the one responding, mitigating some of the fallout that can happen as it results to poor communication, you know? And, uh, and so, you know, again, these are a great step. You know, whether it's our yeah. game or another one or something like it. But um, you know, if I could say the next the next part of the process and learning how to heal is find something that you're both willing to do because at the end of the day, yeah, if it doesn't work for you, it won't work ever. And the brain, you get a nice dopamine release when you get little wins. Yeah. Okay, and so if you can get your, if you're if you're trying to get your spouse to come to the table, small action, mm-hmm. small win small dopamine hit leads to slightly bigger action, slightly bigger win, slightly bigger dopamine hit. Okay. And that dopamine is that neurotransmitter. That's like, Ooh, I like this. I'm going to do it. I'm motivated. Okay. Motivation doesn't motivation comes after action, not before action, you know? And if, if your spouse doesn't feel hope, and if you don't feel hope, you'll never take a step. And so if we could give you a little dose of hope, just even in the vein of this exact subject matter is, you know, more than likely the infidelity happened because something was very broken and hurting inside your spouse, period, you know, or maybe it was you, whoever's listening that did it because people who are happy and healed and whole, they typically don't do things that would break commitments and agreements and trust in the sacred holy space. That's between two deeply committed people. It typically came from a place that was broken. Okay. And so, you can take it personally or not, but ultimately that was really a wrong they committed against themselves more than it was against you. And so you to get someone to come back to the table, they got to they gotta feel some hope and they may not be willing to be really vulnerable in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So create some opportunities where you can take little action steps that produce little wins and that slowly that cycle gets bigger and bigger until breakthroughs mm-hmm. happen and big benchmarks happen. And all of a sudden, dots are connected from now to the past that help attribute at least some positive intent to, wh- to why mm-hmm. some of these behavior happen. You know, like you were just trying to stay alive. You were just trying to yes. feel like you had some power. You were just trying to feel like you were lovable. You know, you were just trying to feel like um, you were still attractive or you were still desirable or you were still this. Like, it's not because they're evil or they hate you. Right. It's generally because there's brokenness.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I like how you framed that because we do take action that we think is going to make us better. Most people, unless you're truly a psychopath, <laughs> do, don't mm-hmm. do things intentionally to hurt other people. Yeah. And there is power in understanding it's not about me. Your behavior impacted me. Your behavior maybe destroyed me and it wasn't personal And now from this place of being crushed or destroyed, I still have my power and Mm -hmm. I can still choose to move forward and to not create an even worse cycle where now I'm harming my kids, my family,
1: my friends.
0: What am I going to do with this pain?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, when we, some of the best stories that we could share or that we've even ever heard have been couples that have made it through that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like the, the betrayal was just the exposure of the most unhealed place in ourself, because a really easy saying that everyone can take from this call that would change your life. If you really took this seriously is hurting people hurt people. Yes. Okay. Um, And it's like, I wish there was a grammatically correct way to say like, happy people, happy people. Um, but <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know if that works, But but it's so true. It's Hurting people hurt people and victimizers were victims first. Yeah. And if you can see a victimizer through the lens of compassion, Mm -hmm. then it, then, and and you basically uh, change how you attribute their intent to their behavior because the limit in which you'll give grace to someone else is only the limit in which you're giving it to yourself period. And when it's easy to judge someone, it's because you've been judging yourself when it's easy to shame someone. It's because, you know, you know, shame very well, Mm -hmm. you know, um, out of abundance of the uh, the heart, the mouth speaks, Uh, you know, a lot of you probably know that scripture. And so, you know, it's like if, if, if someone's, you know, lid to their container gets popped and a whole bunch of hurt and pain comes out, it's because that's, what's already in them. Okay. And so, um, you know, back to the the, Laura's original question of, you know, what are the steps, what are the techniques, um, you know, from there, like, sorry, kind of like what we said was find someone Find a resource, find a community that aligns with your values Mm
0: -hmm. and that can help
1: provide support, accountability, and guidance. Because again, Mm -hmm. you can read a book and apply some of it and it, and it, you might get somewhere you can, you can do a whole lot of things like that. You want to kind of elevate those steps as you go. And Mm -hmm. we believe like we have a program for married couples. It's a monthly program. It's very affordable where you're in a community with a lot of other couples. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you're doing live calls with other couples. You're interacting with other couples that have gone through the same stuff. Um, you know, shame really disappears when we realize that we're not alone in our struggle. Mm-hmm. Then it doesn't yeah. feel so shameful. Okay, yeah. so being in a community with other couples where you're all learning, growing, you have a posture of humility is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so and one thing I wanted to say in the beginning of this question that I just now remembered that's really important is understand. Um, how you exist as a couple. Okay. Like even when I think about the scripture, the two will become one flesh. Scripture is not saying that you both lose your individuality and become one human being. You really become one unit. You become one team. You become one force together, but that does not mean that Rachel is less without me and that I'm less without her. If you really want a powerful marriage, a powerful marriage is two powerful people. A broken marriage Mm -hmm. is two broken people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to say, oh, pray for my marriage. It's doing so bad like it's a an entity somewhere else uh-huh. like that right. it on its own is not good if we were being really honest we'd say um please pray for my marriage i'm not showing up we're not showing up to it the way we want to be mm-hmm. yes. we're dealing with some old unhealed wounds right now and it's overwhelming and painful please pray for my marriage because you know i'm now realizing my wife is similar to my mom who used to yell at me and you know, I have a a backpack with 99 pounds from my past. And when she put a one pound rock in it, I collapsed, but it was her fault. Well, no, 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 no. That's if we're being honest, right? And so if you can realize that a great marriage is two great people who are taking care of themselves individually too. And when you realize that this marriage is just a reflection of your own attachments, and then it's a lot easier to stand in that power. Like you said, like, even if someone cheats on you, you still have the ability to stand up and go, okay, my spouse did this thing. And that's not, if, if we're letting it crush us forever, then it's validating a belief we carry about mm-hmm. ourselves, which is I'm not worthy yeah. of a great spouse. Yes. When the truth might be that your spouse was just in so much pain, they didn't know what to turn to. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because I, I, I lead a lot of men's groups helping them through things like this. And something that comes up very often in one of the the parts that I teach this is, is that like your addiction to porn or to infidelity or whatever will go away when you don't need that injection of validating this belief that you're some manly man. Okay. If, because when men feel this again, might be stereotyping, but when men feel really weak, it's easy to turn to things like pornography where you can control your own sex scene or, or having a, a, an affair on your spouse, because, there's a part of your brain that's like, well, see, I'm still a great, powerful, sexy, awesome, attractive man. I got this random person to have sex with me. Okay, right. when You resolve those beliefs about who you are. You don't need those negative vehicles and negative cognitions to get what you want out of your marriage. And so I don't want my view of myself to be contingent on Rachel's view of me mm-hmm. and vice versa. What right. I want to do, I don't want to complete Rachel. I want to supplement her.
0: Yes. And you had said that earlier with 100% and 100%. And going back to that uh, conversation that you said about marketing, like yeah. fix your marriage all by yourself, because I agree. yeah, You can't change another person. But when we show up differently, perhaps we can inspire somebody else to show up differently. Yeah. And yeah. perhaps we can't, but it's still not a reflection mm-hmm. on our worth or how well we did it. What are some things that listeners right now today can do to turn themselves into 100% Mm.
1: to
0: not needing that validation from other people? You know, I know for women, it's like, I've got to lose weight and I've got to, you know, Mm. use Botox and I've got to, you know, create the perfect house, the perfect family. And then men, I've got to earn more money. I've got to, I mean, there's all of those expectations, what can listeners do right now today to become more solid in themselves and their worth? Honestly, one thing that I would encourage listeners to do right now is to
2: put their hand on their heart and just take a deep breath and just say, I am worthy and say, I am loved and, and just offering yourself that love because a lot of us have this negative connotation of, the term self-love or giving our self-love especially if you've been raised in the church it's it's viewed as prideful but really if you don't offer yourself love you're rejecting god's existence like his being is love and when he gives that love to us we have to accept it in our hearts and we have to fully believe it and receive it and that's what self-love is it's it's giving that gift to it's allowing it to fully sink in yeah and so that's always the answer. That's always like a starting, yeah. like the root of the root of the root of the root would yeah. be offering yourself that love and that grace.
1: Yeah. And, and I think sometimes when we give people like an assignment around this, um, we'll kind of share that really quick. So what I would do is I'd get out after you've done that and just kind of regrounded and re-centered yourself, you know, just taking a moment um, is I'd get out a piece of paper and, you know, one of the quickest ways you can figure out what you're like, why you're being conditional with your love for yourself is to basically write out a sentence. It says, once I blank. And once I have blank, then I'll be blank. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So that might look like this. Once I graduate with that degree or once, how about this? Once I lose 15 pounds and I have, um, the clothes I want, the relationship I want, the house I want, the fame I want. Then I'll love myself or Mm -hmm. then I'll call myself a great spouse or then I'll call myself a great Christian. Then I'll call myself a great whatever. Anything. Yeah. So that's the conditional way that only reinforces a shame cycle about yourself, which will never lead because because what you're doing is you're putting your identity at the end and not at the beginning. Okay. Exactly. Even exactly. when the wealthiest people in the world have been interviewed, they'd say how much money is enough? And they'd say, Oh, just a little bit more. And they'd never think of themselves as a success. Okay. So then on your piece of paper, what I want you do is rewrite the sentence a little differently. And I want you to sit, to write because I am blank. I already have it all. Therefore I will do blank. blank. So it's like, because I am an amazing person, amazing spouse, amazing wife, husband, because I am a loving person, because I am a successful person, because I am a healthy person, okay, I will take better care of my body. Because I am a healthy person, I will make healthier choices, okay? And it's like the cart can go in front of the horse. We're taught our whole life the cart can't go in front of the horse. (laughs) But like, because we are very powerful, capable beings, okay, We're human beings before human doings. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then we get to actually say, because I am, because I am worthy, lovable, forgiven, peaceful, joyful, Mm -hmm. I already have everything I need because I'm already the thing. So therefore, I will show up in my marriage with integrity. Therefore, I will be uh, patient with my spouse. Therefore, I will forgive my spouse. That's a very simple internal shift mm-hmm. that will make any other pragmatic shift, okay? Which is lots of stuff that we outline in courses mm-hmm. and all books and all of our stuff. The real, the real shift is the internal one that says, I'm not going to wait another moment to give myself unconditional love. Yeah, I'm not going to wait another moment to believe that I am already capable of creating the marriage that we both want.
0: I love that, and and as you were saying that, I grabbed a copy of my book because I call that the statement of divine empowerment. Yes, and yeah, I, yeah and going to using Carl Jung, I, my steps are, and it's so similar. I just had to show. <laughs>
1: <That's>
0: <laughs> acknowledge awesome. the shadow. Uh
1: huh. You know, yeah. We
0: all have that shadow side. We're all fearful, uh, whatever it is, you know. State a possible cause. Recognizing the root, you know, like we were talking about with the amago self. That was an abusive childhood situation. That was a, you know, something like that. It's not my fault. It's not that I'm a bad person. I was raised to believe this. Then admit your feelings and your unhealthy action around it. That's bringing the shame out into the light of day. You're not alone. That's that community. You know, you you talked about a porn addiction, admitting it. You know, some of the men have that infidelity, admitting it, talk about it. Many married people have thought, ooh, what would it be like? Even if they haven't crossed
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> into right. action, the thought has been there.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and then describe how yourself, your divine self will use this information to move forward and make positive choices to dismantle mm-hmm. or to healthily integrate that shadow in your life. Yeah. You, you know, and I love that. And my statement is, not mine personally, but one of the examples, I am uncomfortable when mm-hmm. blank, <laughs> which may be the result of. You don't really have to know it was that time that mom, my mom, hit me. It may even be the result of something that made me feel blank. Today, I challenge myself to move into this dis- discomfort by mm-hmm. you know, maybe admitting, yep. seeing your truth, whatever. I am going to practice breathing and receiving that which in the past would have made me uncomfortable but today will allow me to blank
1: yeah mm. love it
0: yeah, yeah. And, and I, I just it. have to pull yeah pull that on and share it because it's so similar and like you said just finding someone to support you whether it's mm-hmm. you know a pastor or a counselor or a clergy or mm-hmm. you guys or me or yeah. having that realization and and like yeah. like you had said earlier too and I just want to Pinpoint that too. You can read the stuff from a book and you can understand it in your head. And that's wonderful. That's that awareness. But that's only step one until it becomes a part of you, until it translates into your body and into your marriage. And I know in my experience, and you can tell me your couples might experience this too. Sometimes one person will have this new information and they will integrate it and they will say something to the spouse, and the spouse will be like, huh?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you're the time.
0: changing the dance. You're changing yeah. the rules.
1: Yeah.
0: What, what are some of the things that people can do when they get that awareness, when they get that support, mm-hmm. when they do something right and their spouse goes, huh? And you don't get that dopamine hit.
1: Oh, that's, that's great. Okay. <laughs> Remember that. Cause I, one that's thing I, I want to say mm-hmm. there, another great, um, a great mind that we study is Dr. Dan Siegel. And Dr. Dan Siegel founded what's called interpersonal neurobiology, IPND. And interpersonal neurobiology is the study of how the brain physiologically changes in the presence of relationships. And so again, mm-hmm. you can read all the books in the world and that that is awareness. Okay. And that right. will, you know, from a cognitive perspective, which cognitive is just a fancy term we like to use for thinking, by the way. So right. <laughs> um, I just we just think we're really cool. So we say cognitive a lot. So um yeah, because it's such a cool word, cognitive. Um, it's like ignition, cognition. Anyway, sorry. So, um, but what I'm getting at is that that's that's one level. Knowing is one level, um, but the change inside us only happens in relationships. If you're on an island alone, you wouldn't learn very much because people mm-hmm. are mirrors. Yeah. Okay, and everyone is a mirror until you learn to see the mirror. Okay, because relationship means it's the art of relating to another person. Okay. So what happens is you say or do something and you watch for a response.
0: And then Mm -hmm. based on that
1: feedback, okay, you might've heard of things like motor neurons, neurofeedback, biofeedback, all that. Then we wait for feedback to happen. And then we assess whether that was a positive or a negative. Okay. So when you're learning these things and you're being guided by another person and you're being able to have real conversations, living conversations with them, that's actually when the brain changes because the brain the psyche does not become um, elastic and plastic. It does not become moldable until it's in relationship. Okay. Because when there's a relationship, there's trust and safety. And then the psyche goes, okay, I'm willing to make new neural pathways because I have built up trust and rapport with this person. That's why connection is so important. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're not connected with your spouse, which leads into the answer here, if you're not connected with your spouse, nothing will change. Okay. Connections like the workbench. Okay. You can have all the tools, but if there's no workbench to put the project on, uh, I like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, you, you can't work on it. Okay. And so there've even been times in our marriage where we're into this world. Right. And one of us might've learned something somewhere, or my, one of us might've <laughs> adopted something and we didn't make an agreement to kind of integrate it or, or, exactly. or whatever. Yeah. It's easy to be like, Hmm, I noticed that you're something, 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 um, And if if you basically disrupt a pattern that you've been going through in your marriage for the whole time without telling them you're going to do that,
2: Uh then
1: you're probably going to get a response that they feel very threatened because you've taken their very familiar sacred relationship and you've changed a standard operating procedure. And the quickest way to jolt someone into amygdala activated defense mode is to jolt where they feel safe. It's like, if you go into someone's living room while they're watching TV And start changing channels and take their bowl of popcorn you know it's just very like whoa this is this is like my comfortable safe space even if
2: it's a positive thing and the quote-unquote
1: safe thing was what was negative before we always encourage that if if you want to get your spouse interested is to sit down and have a conversation with them and let them know your intention number one yeah and let them know that your intention is rooted in the value they find in the marriage Okay. So if I said, Rachel, I really want you to start um, you know, having more sex with me, so I'm going to start doing this, this, and this for you. That's one way to say it. The other way to say <laughs> it is, hey, Rachel, because I really value you and I really value our marriage um, and I would really value experiencing more intimacy together, I'm going to start learning some ways to honor you better and to be a safer place for you, a more transparent place for you, mm-hmm. a more welcoming place for you, so that it would increase our connection. Okay. I'm going to do that. Would you like to do that with me? Okay. And then inviting them into a partnership. Okay. Cause that's really what marriage is. It's a partnership. And so if you, if you want change to really happen, you do do it together. Okay. And you can be the change you want to see in your marriage. And that might be enough to get them to go, hey, you know what? All right, thanks for being the spark that lit the kindling. We do see mm-hmm. that happen. Yeah. But if you want to really kind of more or less either get a hard yes or a hard no on how your spouse is going to respond is bring them into it. Because, because mm-hmm. and, and this is a really tricky concept, but this is just like the, the, the top view of it is we often become very self-righteous about where we want to grow. For mm-hmm. example, who of you out there knows a friend that started selling a weight loss product and 24 hours later was calling people to the carpet about poor health decisions on Facebook. Right. It's like, so if all of a sudden you're like, Oh, personal responsibility. And then five minutes later, you're pointing out how your spouse doesn't take personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. Long story short is not going to (laughs) translate and it's just going to build a wall uh, because then it, it feels like shame versus empowerment. Yeah. Okay. So going at it together in a partnership, making an agreement, because marriage can only be run by agreements. Would you agree? Absolutely. I didn't even mean for that to be like a pun (laughs) right there. It just happened that way, you know. But I mean, uh, you can all of this
2: has been what he's saying has we have gone through in our marriage, like yeah, and all the stuff we teach, you know. So it's like when he's saying this. It just reminds me of times in our marriage where like, I read a book and then I started doing things and I was like, wait, but you're not doing, or, you know, I try to say something like, well, Hey, like, don't you want to do this? But I didn't sit down and say like, Hey, this is something really cool Mm -hmm. that I want to do. Can we agree on this? And that's a huge part Mm -hmm. of what we teach is like agreements, not expectations, agreements, not expectations. And then just realizing how common yeah. well, quote unquote learning opportunities actually just started, which we call conflict mm-hmm. learning opportunities started from uh, literally
1: some expectation that one spouse had of yeah. the other. It, and the other part of that too is if the decisions you make as a partnership are not, a, are not value aligned. One or both of you aren't going to do it anyways. And mm-hmm. we have a course called foundations where we literally help you figure out your values that you share. Cause right now, if you ask yourself the question, do my spouse and I know the top five values that our marriage represents? Yeah. You probably don't. Mm -hmm. So then like if you make decisions that don't align with a value that you both agree with, sometimes it's going to be very difficult to take action on Mm -hmm. that. Like we have one of our shared values is mutual healing. Okay. So I know that if we're in a learning opportunity, I go, okay, one of my, one of our values that we agreed on is mutual healing. So in this moment I could play stalemate. I could play stonewall. Mm-hmm. to try to get what I want out of this. Or I could see this as an opportunity to help heal Rachel because the only reason that she's having negative moments right now is because it's coming out of her childhood. Then I would choose that over the former because that upholds our supreme values. Yes. Okay? And so if you want your spouse to get on board, sit down and make agreements around the fact that you want a better marriage with each other anyways, but two, like what values does your marriage even stand for? You know, because if it's just procreation and being like, and not, you know, it's kind of like early relationships in high school. It's like, okay, we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's like an agreement that you won't make out with anyone but me. You know, it's like, if if you want your marriage to do more than that, if it's not just, you know, uh, protection for, you know, the person that you want to be sexual with, if it's actually to create a life together and actually to create a legacy together, You got to know what's powering it. You got to know what the values Mm -hmm. are from the first place. I love that you said
0: creating a legacy together and brought up the high school example because so many people, and this isn't a judgment of them. I mean, I did it. I think, I think we're encouraged on our society. We do think that it's that simple. We truly do think boy meets girl and we fall in love and it's all great. And I wish, yeah, I wish a lot of the marriage courses and pre-marriage counseling was focused on something like that. What are the values you want to create? What is the legacy you want to create? Because I, I, I don't want to say I'm pro divorce or anti divorce. Yeah, but I right. am pro good relationship. Yes, and when you're able to sit down with a partner and say we share no values in common, I'm interested yeah. in this. You're interested. We cannot make an agreement. This yeah. is not a marriage either of us should be in as sad yeah. as it might be. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I think there's yeah. that, yeah. You know, come to Jesus moment of this. Mm-hmm. Didn't, this didn't work.
1: Yeah. We actually, we actually, that reminds me, we had a, one of our in-person retreats one time, one of the, one of the couples that was there, one of the spouses had mentioned, you know, what if we do all this? And I say, Hey, I really want you to do this for me to help me heal. And he's like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm not going to do that. And just straight up. And then I said, my question would be, then why are you married? Yes. And they got really upset about it. And I actually almost left the event, but stayed. And we had a great, really, Rachel really had a great transformational moment with the spouse that shared this um, because that really brought up like, oh, like I'm really not showing up the way that I I, I think it's them, but it's actually me. Mm -hmm. And this fear that I feel actually reminds me of I mean, and this person grew up in literally a war-torn country with extreme trauma and really connected some of that, Mm -hmm. like, like, I mean, literally some of those adverse childhood trauma with their, with their relationship. But the question kind of went back to like, if you're in a place where you can't agree, you have no shared values and Mm -hmm. there's no intention of you two coming together on that, then you're already spiritually divorced anyways. Yes. You know, now you're just married by state. Or you're only married out of fear because you'd feel too insecure if your spouse was out sleeping with other people, you yeah. know. And that's the cold, hard truth. Like that's the rough truth. But that's what it is. And, and I love how you said that, Laura. We're not pro divorce. We're not anti divorce. In a in an ideal world, no one would get divorced.
2: Absolutely right. Because yeah.
1: we want we want people happy and connected and whole and healed and all that. At the same time, a lot of people got married under the wrong pretenses. It just happened. Yes. <laughs> um, social circles force it. Religious circles force it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, people get married very young. They don't know who they are. Um, Now it is our belief that when you get married, you have to go into it knowing, or it would benefit you going, going into marriage, knowing that you will change as individuals. Mm -hmm. You just will. And so marriage is this journey of continuing to kind of mold and play with each other as you grow. Um, There's one of the other schools of thought we follow is uh, John and Julie Gottman. Uh, and, uh, we love all the Gottman programs, big, big fans of Gottman and the, the, uh, foundation of what they call the sound relationship house model, which is a model that, that, that we use. And we're not, we're not Gottman therapists, by the way. Um, but one of the other models that we use talks about the, the foundation is knowing each other's inner world. Yes. Okay. And if I know Rachel's inner world and she knows mine, and we continue to know each other's inner world, that's what the connection cards do. Okay, mm-hmm. That's what our courses yeah. do. They constantly keep you. Th- that's what it means to be connected is what we call emotional, spiritual, physical, Intel, intimacy on, of each other. That's connections to have intimacy in those categories. If I'm continuously knowing Rachel's inner world, which means I don't want details left out. If you think I should know it, I want to know it. If we continue to know that we'll keep growing with each other as we grow as individuals. Yes. Okay. Yes. You know, because Rachel and I got married. She was twenty, and I was twenty-two, mm-hmm. right? And whereas the essence of who we are is still pretty similar, we've changed a lot. And you would as hope. individuals,
0: yeah. And you would yeah, hope, you would as hope. Life yeah. experiences that they change. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. where can listeners get a hold of you to learn more about the connection cards, your programs, your monthly community? Where can they find all of this information out? So we have a website called because
2: and you can read more about us, learn our current offerings. Whenever mm-hmm. you read this currently, we have um, a lot of different things on there that you can purchase um, a lot of links to different resources. Yeah. Um, we have a free marriage group called marriage made easy um, and Facebook page, Instagram, all that. Um, but if you're really wanting to dive into something and get intentional in your marriage, go to because marriage com and check out our connection cards. That would be a great starting point. Um, and the foundations course is a wonderful next step, I would say. Yeah. Um, and you can see everything else there. And
1: honestly the foundations course is kind of a prerequisite to really do anything else with us. So we'll just, we'll skip right to that. (laughs) And, um, And as a listener for you know Laura's program here, we'll make sure that anyone listening will get a a special opportunity to get into foundations at a at a cheaper rate, too. So
0: wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And listeners, whether you're thinking about your current relationship or whether you have separated and you're wanting to do it right the next time, these are all things you absolutely need to know the intent, the understanding, the inner worlds, the imago match. I mean, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, yeah. if you intend on relating to anyone, yes, this is the yeah. kind of information that really I believe every human should have. Yes, yeah, and
1: it and I will tell you yeah. too that this will impact the way that you parent, it'll impact the way that you're a sibling, the way that you're a co worker at work. Um, it'll yeah. impact any relationship that you have, you know, which
2: is your entire life,
1: yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> right. and Laura, I, I, I love that you realize and see that this is, these are things every human being should know. Absolutely. Um, And uh, recently I was actually uh, hired to write a curriculum that's being taught in some high schools next year. And the basis is for all that curriculum is exactly the things we're talking about today. Uh, It's kind of my way of trying to move the needle, uh, our way of really trying to move the needle into getting all this into the world, into people much younger, Um, younger when this stuff is really developing and kind of coming up. And uh, the world would just be a different place. So that's that's yeah. one of our missions. So
0: Oh, yeah. good. Well, thank you for that. Listeners, reach out, check them out. Have an amazing week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always far more than enough. Tune in next time to flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love. After Infidelity or Betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal recovery guide at nakedselfworth.com.